Hello, hello, and welcome back to Monday Science. It's countdown to the end of 2021. But before we get to the end of 2021, we need to celebrate the fact that today is Monday Science's 100th episode. Science. Science. Technology. Technology. Medicine. Medicine. Health. Health. These four things make the world go round. Without them, we couldn't exist. This is the Monday Science Podcast, a weekly show bringing you the latest research and news in science, technology, medicine, and health, answering your questions or finding experts in the field to answer them. Your host is a pharmacist, an award-winning scientist. She leads her own research group and is the founder of King's College London Fight the Fakes, a tad bit on the qualified side. Welcome to Monday Science. Here's your host, Dr. Bahija Rimey Abraham. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Monday Science. It's countdown to the end of 2021. But before we get to the end of 2021, we need to celebrate the fact that today is Monday Science's 100th episode. Need to really, I know I say it whenever I do that sound, I really do need to get some sort of like sound deck for celebratory episodes such as this one. But yeah, we've made it to 100 episodes. There are quite a few things to celebrate today. So not only have we made it to 100 episodes, we also have achieved over 5,000 plays or downloads um, across all our podcasting platforms. And all of this is down to every single one of you that listens and tunes in every week. I'm just so grateful and just thank you so much. So for today's episode, I initially had planned to put together a a video talking about my journey starting the podcast and and just to give some tips because I started off listening to podcasts and then I decided to start mine and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So I, I wanted to put something together but for the new listeners but for those who don't know I'm also an academic lecturer assistant professor in pharmaceutics and let's just say this semester it's been quite hectic so I didn't have time to do that but I will be doing that more next year I feel like I promise a lot of video content and then I don't follow through apologies but definitely next year you're going to see more stuff I'm just saying a generic stuff more content uh video content of our YouTube channel it's definitely going to be pushing through next next year there are some videos uploaded but we haven't been consistent yeah and so there'll be video content for Monday Sciences I'm also launching my own YouTube channel help why am I doing this but anyway that's all coming next year and should hopefully be consistent that's all we can hope for so for today's episode what I'm deciding to do was to to go through the Monday science journey and I I hope you can indulge me when I have these moments of reflection because I'm really grateful to have Monday Science as a platform and one one of the things I haven't shared on the podcast is the real reason behind why it started. So I've talked about how I was interested, like I wanted to start a podcast for many years which is true and I had people who we were going to start together and we did things but it just never came together for a variety of reasons and then in 
April 2020, I contracted COVID and it was horrible. I was one of like the first few in that time when nobody knew what was going on and some people were in denial. It's really weird looking back at that time. But whichever way, I I had COVID, it was really bad. And my on my birthday, I was ill over my birthday. I was meant to also have my probation interview and all this stuff and I couldn't do it. It was just so hard. Everything was so difficult. Anyway, long story cut short, I remember waking up on my birthday, very grateful to be alive. And also I just sort of vowed that I would never allow myself to sit in my in in, the, in my comfort zone, just never sit in the comfort zone. And I'm always going to challenge myself and push myself to do what I want to do. And that feeling coupled with a frustration that we were in a, we are still, I, keep, I know, I'm sorry if you guys get really irritated, I'm always like, we're still in a global pandemic, but we are. But at the time, what was really frustrating is that I felt that everybody was trying to pivot themselves as a COVID or, well, sorry, epidemiology infections expert when there had been people studying zoonotic diseases and so forth for many years and pandemic and everybody was just becoming an expert. And so I wanted to create a platform where you could trust, where listeners, the public, anybody and everybody, and also because I had people, some of my friends would ask me questions about the pandemic and and COVID. And I'm very honest, I'm like, well, it's not my area of expertise. I've always had an interest. So I had people asking me questions. And so I thought, well, combined with very, very ill with COVID, having all sorts of horrible symptoms, coupled just never deciding never to just sit in my comfort zone always push myself and also dare I say it like do I don't want to say do what I want but don't let fear be the limitation don't let fear be what is holding me back from doing things that I want to do and so that is really how Monday Science started I I needed something that I could just look forward to look forward to doing that challenged myself and challenged me mentally as well because the symptoms I had with COVID were quite bad and I ended up having long COVID and sometimes every so often it likes to pop its head up again and so Monday science has a lot of meaning and importance to me and it feels really good to share that because I, I know Monday science is building a where we have a community we're all a little I don't know what we're calling ourselves Monday sciences I think please somebody tell me because I'm just, every time could just going to make it awkward but whichever way Monday Science as a platform as a podcast but then all of you that listens listen to the episodes listen every time I, I look at the analytics and I see one extra person has listened or it's had another play or I look on our social media platforms and I see some form of engagement it just means so much to me and so yeah gratitude for the platform gratitude for you all listening it just yeah it means a lot so I, I decided to use this as an opportunity to go back and basically just go through a little bit of a journey from some of the early episodes because I'm not quite sure who's been listening from the very beginning, who's just joined, but I just wanted to just, I was going to say pay tribute, maybe pay tribute is the wrong way to put it, but I just wanted to go back and at this hundredth episode, I'm going to take you through a little bit of a journey. So we are starting off with the first ever episode. I think it was only minutes. That was because five minutes was all I was 
really able to to do it was really quite hard to talk and and quite hard to I mean I the recording is longer but edited so to tell you the recording was longer but edited the best quality was five minutes but anyway so you'll hear the first ever episode you'll hear the intro and outro and so that's that then episode two was my first ever guest who I will always be grateful to that's Dr Saskia Popescu and she is I mean just an amazing person she's been on Sky News BBC News she's on CNN and all she's everywhere in, in, in the media and she came on the podcast to talk about zoonotic diseases COVID-19 and impact on healthcare and then also answer a lot of listeners questions she was so supportive and it was great and I, and I was like oh this is a real platform I've just highlighted the key take-home messages from just little snippets from the following so we've got starting off with episode two Dr. Saskia Popescu and then moving on to episode 18 which was part of our dementia series so Dementia is a condition that's touched my family. And episode 18 was when I had a very intimate discussion with my mum, Miss Faye Raimi Abraham, about on her experience as a caregiver of a parent living with dementia and also at the time her new initiative that she's established called the Black Dementia. Then episode 22 this was part of this last of a two-part series on academic mental health with Dr Zoe Ayres. This episode is getting a chance to speak with Zoe and, and shed light on the work she's been doing around academic mental health and even it felt like it was just amazing for me because there were so many things that as academics we'd all struggled with during the the start of the pandemic and to be able to create a platform for that discussion other people listening and knowing that it's definitely going to help people was really good episode 23 was a conversation about so I, I've not really talked a lot about AI this year but I, I have a strong very strong interest in artificial intelligence particularly the ethical considerations and how it relates to healthcare and also in pharmaceutical sciences like how it's used application so that was a conversation with Dr Leslie David Leslie from the Alan Turin Institute. Then episode 28, episode 28 with Dr. Tina Joshi, who's a lecturer in molecular bio- microbiology at the University of Plymouth. And we were talking about antimicrobial resistance. So that's that's that conversation. There was a really good conversation. We also talked about funding as well in a subsequent. And so then leading that leads on to episode 72 with Dr. Faith Ouadier. And Faith is a postdoctoral training fellow at the Francis Crick Institute. And in this episode, we were talking about the ongoing challenges of diversity or lack thereof in STEM and the particular challenge for black STEM professionals. And then the last clip in this throwback, do they do throwback Mondays? I'm not sure. In this throwback is a conversation and very insightful conversation. Episode 68 with Dr. Kamal Yani. So she is a global health and access to medicines consultant who works with the People's Vaccine Alliance. They're a coalition of organizations and activists under a common aim of campaigning for a people's vaccine for COVID-19. And I'd reached out to them because I was just wanting to understand this vaccine access, global access and, and challenges and, and vaccine equity and, and all those things. So yeah, so I hope you you enjoyed these snippets we still 
have a few more episodes left for the rest of the year. We've got two more main episodes coming out and then we've got some Thursday specials where some interviews with my PhD researchers about their upgrade fiver. I'm giving the inaugural APS festive lecture titled Making the Impossible Possible in Pharmaceutical Science and in this lecture I'm going to be with some uh, somebody else, two of us, sorry, Professor Shanki from University of East Anglia, that's where I did my PhD, and then myself. And we're going to be reflecting on pharmaceutical sciences in the past. So that's what Sheng will be focusing on. And then highlight exciting trends and topics of interest to look out for for 2022. And that's what I'm going to talk about. So please feel free to join me. It's on December 9th at 1pm. I'm going to put the details in the episode description. So I hope to see you there. I hope you enjoy today's episode. You're listening to Monday Science Podcast, the show that brings you the latest in science, technology and health with your host, me, Dr. Bahija Raimi Abraham. So on today's episode, episode one, uh, the guest is me. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to introduce Monday Science Podcast. So I mentioned already, I'm Dr. Bahija Raimi Abraham. Um, I am a pharmacist and a scientist. I have a research group. I lead a research group called the Raimi Abraham Group, uh, where we focus uh, primarily on solving pharmaceutical challenges in ageing and global health. I'm going to put the uh, links to the group so you can find out more about uh, what we do. And um, I really have an interest in science beyond the work that I do with my research. And I wanted an outlet for that, really. Uh, And so that's how Monday Science was born. On top of that, I also found that I would be having conversations with some of my friends and even just, you know, just people. And they'll be very interested, like have a lot of questions um, around, you know, things they've heard in the news, scientific discoveries, technology discoveries, things to do with health. And so I wanted to set up um, a podcast where I would have the opportunity to you know, take some of the questions that people have and actually find um, experts in those areas to have those discussions with and hopefully, you know, answer those questions. So with Monday Science, the big focus is not just, you know, things that I'm interested in, but actually what are our listeners interested in and can we help to um, find those answers to those questions that they have? So um, on our website, we have... um, um, a section for listeners to submit their questions and that you know they're going to be also some focus episodes on like answering listeners questions um and so yeah so uh monday science um well i guess the the first one of the things people do ask is the name so why is it called monday science well i personally like mondays um i think monday is a great day start first day of the week um I'm usually quite energized and ready for the week. And I thought, ooh, I could have Monday and then focus on the science. And so um, with Monday Science, we'll aim to have an episode a week that will be released on a Monday so it can help you start off your week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Monday Science Podcast. Make sure to visit our website. Uh, details are in the episode description where you can subscribe to make sure that you never miss the show. 
Uh, so catch up with you next week. Bye. Happy Monday, everyone, or happy whatever day it is that you're listening to this episode. This is episode two, and the title is Conversations with Dr. Saskia Popescu, COVID-19, a marathon, not a race. That you would, you know, from everything we've talked about, what would be like your key take-home messages? Oh, um, you know, I think it's it's so hard. I think everybody is so frustrated and tired <laughs> and <laughs> you know, everybody is just over COVID-19, right? We all are really <clears throat> just wanting life to go back to normal. But the truth mm-hmm. is that life may not go back to normal the way that we think it should. And I really encourage people to be mindful that this is going to be a slow process because we need to do it right. Yeah. And if we rush it, we run the risk of making things worse. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing we want to do. So be gentle with each other, Um, you know, be kind because we're all in a new situation, one that is extremely stressful, emotionally, mentally, physical, physically. And I just encourage people that as things do reopen, please be kind with each other. You know, businesses are trying to get back to business so that they can pay their workers, but they're also trying to go about things that they've never had to do. You know, they've never had to wear masks and clean everything, you know, like crazy between each customer and use paper menus um, Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, all those kinds of weird variances. Mm -hmm. So be gentle with them, um, encourage people to do the right thing, like, you know, wearing their mask appropriately or cleaning their hands and, you know, do your part in it because we all have a really big role. It may not seem like it, but staying home as much as you can and, you know, taking care of yourself, your mental health, your physical health is also really important. So I do encourage people, you know, go like, go outside, go for a walk, go for a jog, go do yoga in the park or whatever. Um, but also just recognize that we're all in this together. So being gentle with each other in terms of, you know, don't get mad if you see someone not wearing a mask. You don't know why they're not doing that. Um, yeah. and, and hopefully as things calm down, if we all play our part and we all, you know, can help flatten that curve, make sure in the future that we prioritize public health and health care. Our listeners to take out of everything you've said, what would you want them to take away from this episode? Everybody has, has a right to exist regardless of the conditions that they're living with. I mean, our theme obviously is dementia, but whatever the condition is, everybody has a, a right to exist and to be happy, whether or not you think they're aware of it. Oh, no, it's not It's not in our place. We don't know what's going on in the minds of persons living with dementia, especially in the, in the more advanced stages. Don't assume that you know. Um, they have a right to dignity and the right to exist and a right to be loved like we all wish for ourselves um try and meet them in their own world <laughs> and understand what they want know that know that your choice for them i'm talking about obviously recreational things on the medical side the medics will take over you know what i mean but i'm just talking yeah. about on the caring and loving and recreational things you know you talked about scrabble if for example your loved one, like at the moment, mom loves to make words on, on yeah. her own. I mean, she used to sometimes, even before she used to make, she used to sometimes play Scrabble on her own anyway. But if if your loved one wants to play a game in a different way, make yeah. the words on the on the holders, on the tile holders, as opposed to on the board itself. It's a board game, but they want to do, let them do that. They That's what happens. That. Yeah. yeah. If they're happy, then you're happy. Okay. Yeah. 
don't force them don't say no you have to do it this way or yeah. as i talked about coloring you know if you think the sun should be yet yeah, painted yellow or orange and your loved one wants to paint it purple they want to paint it purple yeah. leave them to it yeah so let them be happy that makes you happy as well yeah um i'm just trying to quickly think there are not too many take-homes but it's just really that um it's just really that meet them in their own world you also look after yourself i mean i'm just repeating what you've said to me as well yeah and you know we're all human beings love your neighbor as you'd like to be loved and just get on with life try not to harbor any negative feelings about anybody really dementia or not just just let's all get along let's live and be happy yeah yeah thank you so much Rami. i'm surprised i have not cried throughout this whole episode <laughs> i've laughed a lot um i am so 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 very grateful for for you just in general not even just you coming out like you um and i i'm really I am so is it yeah I can I'm proud to be able to call you my mom I'm always talking about oh, you in conversations you. I think you. you're absolutely amazing not just for um your kind of academic and career achievements but just in particular how you have taken on the role that you have uh with mom and yeah when you talk about you know your patience your care and that when you talk about just if they want to paint the sun purple yeah sure and and what i've seen you do as well is reassure not yeah reassure in that process of yeah if that's what you want to do fine you know it looks nice you know and i think just seeing how you've you've been with mom has been really um inspiring and yeah i'm just grateful and i just want to say thank you for you thank and you. um yeah, I don't know what to end the podcast, but I'm going to end it. <laughs> you have to <laughs> Thanks, come back. Raj, well done for all you're doing. And I'm really excited to be part of this Dementia Month on Monday Science podcast. So, okay. Now thank I'm going to cry. <laughs> thank you so much. Now I'm going to cry. Okay. Thank you so much for me. Um, I guess the first thing would be the academic mental health um, is prolific and there are a lot of people experiencing mental health concerns within academia and so you're not alone um, and if you're experiencing it um, and there is help available I think that would be probably my the main take home I'd like to get across and then also like I guess with the pandemic on and everything it's just like just do the best that you can and to to kind of follow on from what you were saying like let's all just get through to 2021 yeah. you know it's that's okay it. <laughs> that's it just cut there <laughs> but, you know it's it's one of those things isn't it where it's just like like sometimes sometimes it's okay to be in survival mode and i think i think a lot of us are and that's okay and let's just get through it well i think first that, that i just i love talking to you i mean it's been really <laughs> nice to, to, to sort of explore thank this you through. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, a lot of times we just have our kind of nose in, in, in the right. laptop and the books and we're trying to like, you know, write what we need to write and, 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 you know, to do the deliverables in our research. Right. But it's yeah. nice to have, you know, the wider ranging conversations. And I, and I think that for me, these sorts of conversations are, are, are so important in general uh, because we, we need to think, um, with the wide, wider angled lens, in order to really be responsible about how how we how we use 
AI and machine learning systems. And so that's, I think, the, the, the fact that we're able to, 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 to range beyond just the specifics and talk about the bigger picture issues is, is one key takeaway. Uh, I think also, um, if I could just uh, flag the importance of, of, of public, you know, public engagement, what, the, the commitment that you're making in doing this podcast to me and, and why, I'm, you know, why I think it's important for us to be here, which is just we do need to improve um, our, uh, dis, our sort of public discourse on, on, tech, on AI technology, because I do think there, there are a lot of um, mis, sort of misconceptions about what's actually going on with, um, with art, you know, artificial intelligence. And, and I'll just say um, just one last brief comment. In the, in the uh, ethics and machine learning and children's social care research that we did, uh, and also in the, we, the Alan Turing Institute and the Information Commissioner's Office wrote the ex, sort of Project Explain Explainability Guidance, um, which was published in, I think, in May. And uh, in both of those um, projects, we, uh, we basically um, had a, a public engagement where we, we went out and, and in the children's social care uh, research, we, we talked to families with um, and uh, and had a whole day where we went through what is machine learning and took went step by step through what what's actually going on in technologies. And in, in the ICO Turing project, we had a, a few days of citizens juries um, mm. where we actually had you know a day or half a day of education on certain things, and then more kind of enrichment, and then you know collaboration discussion amongst you know a representative representative set of citizens. And in, in both of those instances, the, one of the takeaways was common, which is that there was a transformative effect on citizens where they did feel that once they understood what's actually going on in the statistics or in, in the modeling, it, it, and, it, and it shed that kind of mystery of what AI is, they felt empowered. They felt like they could make you know, better sort of judgments and decisions about how they would have their values steer the course of those uh, whatever technologies. And so I would say my second takeaway is just that um, the, this is a the, the public discourse dimension of this is is super important and and it's something that you know it just needs to it needs to continue on and 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 build off of itself. messages. I mean the most the biggest take-home messages is to remember that antibiotics and antimicrobials are precious. They're like, very rare resources like coal we've only got so many left and only a few of them are working so it's being able to treat them like precious medicines that they are the other thing is to to make sure that um we are looking as a society to what about our behaviors and looking to change our behaviors and taking this as importantly as we do about climate change and i think finally it's not to be afraid of infectious diseases scientists are here and we're trying to tackle this but we need everybody to be on the same page not just us to be able to understand what they are and how they work and how we can tackle them together so i think it's really important for us to have that type of joined up approach with the public i say you know what i always say this to young people and i'm saying just just capture every opportunity like, i know and say yes a lot <laughs> i know that sounds counterintuitive sometimes but um it's just that idea. I think sometimes back to me as a young person and when I was applying for universities, and I'll use this as an example. So I applied to Kings and I applied to Queen Mary. 
then I applied to two non-Russell Compute Universities, but I didn't apply to UCL or Imperial. And the reason I didn't apply, even though they were all asking for the exact same grades, is the fact that I thought, no, I, I can't do that. Like that's, that's a bit too much. But they were literally all asking for the same grades. So you know what? Sometimes you just have to take opportunity and just say yes. What was the worst that was going to happen in that moment? And they would have said no, and I would have gone to one of the other choices. It's one of those things. So I say, take every opportunity as it comes um, and do not underestimate yourself. That's the key bit at that point. Do not underestimate yourself. I'll say the other thing is, if there's something that you're interested in doing, look at who's doing it. And I don't even mean like, um, you know, is there another black person doing this necessarily? I mean, literally, what is their career track that is actually taking them there? What can you do to, to follow that track? I hope that, that kind of adds. And also, mentorship is important. I think mentorship is really, really, really important. And that mentor, I know we've talked about this behavior before, like that mentor does not have to be a black woman within science necessarily. It's just someone who can like advocate for you and care about your career. And it's getting that advice from someone that's been there before. They, they are just talking at you, but they are dropping bombs that just like resonate with you. The things that I, like I've had mentees before and I'm just talking at them. And I can see them like getting excited, but I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just saying what I, and well, these are nothing to me. I'm just saying stuff, but like, it's what they need at that moment. But I just think, yeah, look out for mentorship, take your opportunities and don't underestimate yourself. And like I said, look at, if there's something you're interested in doing, look at their career track and even just, just drop them an email, just a little message on LinkedIn and say, let's have a little chat. I'm interested in what you're doing. People love people talking about what they're doing. It's like, it's such a compliment to have a young person going, I'm really impressed by you. Can we have a chat? Do it. No one, honestly, it's exciting for us and we'll do it. <laughs> I know. That would be my advice. <laughs> Especially when the reality is, is one moves away from the bracket of being young. So it's like, you think I'm yeah. cool? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Talk to me. Um, <laughs> thank you. All really amazing um, advice. Thank you for that, because I think a lot of mentorship is so important as as you said yes we, we talk about this to death um and i think understanding that diversity of thought ex also expands to how you think or who you think your mentor should be as well i think just being very open to everyone and anything because you can learn from every single person i think people need to understand that you could and that's also for people who are not black who might think oh i should yeah get just everybody just get mentorship mm -hmm. get some support it will help you in so many ways you will learn something you know I, i've i'm i've had so many different mentors as i always say they don't always know that my mentor i keep coming back i'm like me again hi <laughs> <laughs> um and the as you said the gems but they'll be they're just talking and you're like gonna do this I'm gonna do that so it's really really important thank you so much for that what would you say are your key take-home messages so from everything we've spoken about today uh yeah what would be the one two or three things you'd want people to take away oh that's such an interesting thing we've talked about so many things today actually <laughs> I think maybe I'll just conclude something from like I don't know each area that we've kind of talked about I think in terms of research and immunology keep funding science, <laughs> I want to say right now, because right now with what's happening with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff that's going, I think it's just so important that we really think and value like science and research. Um, and with that, I also mean research funding. So I know right now, the government, this is maybe a bit political, but the government has made a massive cut in foreign aid funding. And I know that has a massive impact on areas that 
we're interested in, so malaria, for example. So I think it's thinking about the bigger picture and not just focusing on the science here within the UK, but also elsewhere, because it does have an impact on the UK as well. Um, so that would be my take home from that. Um, I don't know what we can change here, but hey. Um, the other thing is also thinking about, you know, what we were talking about, the discovery of um, Black Lives Matter in the last year. Like we need to really think about how can we actually promote them? And like I said, look at your organization. What can you do personally? And what can you do to lobby your organization for change as well? And I think the third thing I'd say is take your COVID-19 vaccine when it's your turn. Okay. And so, and so how is that going? <laughs> like what's the progress, you know, that with uh, People's Vaccine well, Alliance in this agenda? Well, what we're pushing for, we're pushing for sharing technology and sharing intellectual property. The, the, the issue is WHO and Costa Rica and 42 other countries last April launched something called COVID Technology Access Tool, CTAP in short. So this CTAP is actually based on a, 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 another tool called the Medicine Pattern Tool for HIV. So it's based on that. So basically it acts as a one-stop shop where companies like Pfizer or AstraZeneca license their technology and their intellectual property to CTAP and CTAP transfers that license, that the, IP, the intellectual property and transfers the technology to the other companies that are willing and capable of producing the vaccines. And then, you know, WHO, will, the World Health Organization, will look at the quality issue. So, so we're pushing hard for that, but unfortunately, the, neither rich countries nor pharmaceutical companies are interested in sharing the technology or intellectual property. So we're just keeping pushing um, for, for sharing technology and um, some of the groups are doing um, research on cap the cap capability in developing countries. Um, some people do, you know, doing work on access to vaccine as human rights. Um, and then we're just talking to um, all these policymakers um, to, to, to promote the idea of sharing. Otherwise, we'll just stop. Because, I mean, it's, it's, I got shivers actually when you were saying, you know, trying to convince anybody that this is a good idea that they should share surely and this is where you know you have to rightfully or wrongfully it's a reminder that it's a business you know it's it, it's a reminder that it's a business I'm there getting upset thinking oh my gosh there are people who who won't have access to these medicines think about the lives that will be saved just it's really quite sad and it's quite worrying but then you realize hmm, some people this is somebody's business so they're thinking oh you've got to convince me that this is a good business idea because um, my the other reason why I'm really quite interested in this area and, and, and concerned so I founded uh, the King's College London fight the fakes chapter which is all about challenging um, and advocacy I'm interested in infections in with that with our campaign um, and so you know one of the big things is that obviously if we have a gap in the market in countries that also everybody needs the vaccine. So if we have a gap, especially in poorer countries, this opens up the uh, potential of fake medicines and you know illegal supply chains, sorry, fake medicines infiltrating supply chains. 
Um, and so you can have people, you know, fake COVID vaccine, which, and, yeah. and, and it could, you know, it, the impact that will have in terms of um, deaths yeah. really and, and whatever other things. So, you know, this is one of the reasons why I'm, I, I'm con I, I am concerned and I think a lot of people are as to how long can we leave that gap between the countries who have access to the vaccines, the countries who don't have access, because you're increasing the ease for illegal supply of fake medicines or fake COVID-19 vaccines and therapeutics to enter into, um, into health systems. Um, that's, I, I, a good, that's, that's a potential problem, of course. Of course, anything expensive or anything unavailable, you will find that uh, nice guys who would make a, a fake one and uh, make a bit of money out of it. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope, and, and so, because one of the uh, things that, you know, I guess if let's say, for example, the Oxford vaccine gets into a country, um, whatever country, um, that can't make it, it's also making sure that there are ways to just test the validity of what's been uh, what's arriving because it could say Oxford vaccine or Pfizer vaccine but it could also easily just be the packaging and what's inside could be something fake so uh, you know it's it's anxiety well, that's duty. Why yeah that's why it has to be publicly delivered publicly yeah. purchased publicly delivered the government has to buy the vaccine so they know what they're buying and they they should be delivering it so as a, a user as a an ordinary citizen you know, why should I buy it from the shop when I know I can get it from the government for free, from the government hospital or government health center or whatever? I, I can get it for free. Why should I go and buy it from somebody else? I, yeah, and but I if think you're that's selling it. Yeah. Then, then we'll have the issue of buying it. But you can buy medicines in certain parts of the world. It's not always on prescription. You know, some people, the way in which people obtain and access their medicine is by buying it from a pharmacy, a chemist, or another supplier. So I think people are already assuming they're going to have to buy the vaccine. And you're completely right. Here, nobody's paying for the vaccine. You're getting it as part of the national program. Other parts of the world should be offered the same thing because that, and this is where governments can't hoard. They can't, you know, they shouldn't be hoarding the vaccine in, in a, I don't know, in a room somewhere, not giving it to the people. Um, but anyway, oh, I could talk to you forever about this and I, I <laughs> will definitely have to have you come back. Um, but we're actually coming to the end of the episode and I just have one more, uh, two, three more questions to ask you, but they'll be short questions, don't worry. <laughs> um, so firstly, what challenges, sorry, I guess, sorry, what would you say is the solution to this problem of access to, let's talk specifically about COVID-19 vaccine, access to COVID-19 vaccine globally with no limitations, no inequalities? What would you say is the, is the solution? Increased supply. Increased supply. This is like, uh, I, I'm sorry, I keep saying that all the time. You have a small pie and you've got big guys fighting for a big share of the small pie. So it's only crumbs that are going to reach the other guys, basically developing countries. So instead of this fight that is useless, really, what about increasing the size of the fight to the maximum possible by allowing everybody who can produce to produce? Whether it's a company in Europe or a company in Asia or a company in Africa or a company in Latin America, anywhere, if they can produce it, let's do that. Fast tracking also um, the the uh, approval of the Chinese and the Russian 
and others. You know, Cuba is investing in doing clinical trials on a vaccine, and Cuba has a, a good history of making vaccines, actually. So, um, so looking at these others, because they also can contribute to the, the, the big pie, if you like. The big pie is not just Pfizer or, or, um, or AstraZeneca, the big pie is everybody. Amazing. Thank you. And so I think that will, that will, and then everybody takes their first share, every government takes their first share, and every country uh, uh, prioritizes at risk people. So the, the, the vaccine doesn't go to those who can pay, mm. it goes to those who need it. It doesn't go to those who have authority. Um, it goes to those who need it Brilliant. first, at least, and then it can go to other people. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And lastly, what would you say would be the take-home messages? What would be the take-home messages that you'd want our listeners to um, have from everything that we've discussed today? Push your government to to push pharmaceutical companies to share the technology push your government as much as you can. Get questions in parliament if you if you have that. Get to the media, uh, anywhere that you can reach, even just by telling people, your neighbor, that our government should push for that. You've been listening to the Monday Science Podcast, a weekly show bringing you the latest research and news in science, technology, medicine and health we hope you've gotten some useful and thought-provoking info from the show and we hope you had fun along the way we know we did we'll be back soon but in the meantime hook up with us on our website at www.mondaysciencepodcast.com shoot us an email at info at mondaysciencepodcast.com Find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Monday Science and access episode summaries at mondayscience.medium.com. See you next week on the Monday Science Podcast.